Welcome to the Hero Realm. I'm Josh Brown. I'm Nick Bryce. And as usual, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Not nearly as many shows, no. but... Yeah, we can't wait for seven. Yep, so probably another bit of a lengthy episode, but that's how we do. Yep. So here we go. To start off with last week's episode of Legends, uh, well, Lucifer music to lead in because it's a uh, the episode titled "The Satanist Apprentice." So in this one, it starts out with uh, Astra, who's say, trying to struggle dealing with everyday life now that she's on Earth and not in Hell. Right. And uh, she finds a painting of Aleister Crowley, and it's he's trapped in the painting. So he starts talking to her and says, "You know, I can um, help you." Uh, learn magic and so you know just so she's like a little leery at first because you know he's an occultist and mm -hmm. satanist and you know so but it, she eventually um kind of has him teach teach her different magic tricks and well magic tricks or <laughs> teach her magic and um slow when he finally says um now i just need a body to get out of here and i can teach you more and you know it's like oh of course there it is you want us to want to escape no no you know i'm gonna get out of here so um she uh uses uh crowley or crowley constantine uh, constantine as the body so she she casts a spell and now alistair's in his body while now the painting is of constantine who's now trapped in the painting yeah and i know you already mentioned this but i also want to know what the writers of this episode were on yeah because it gets a little weird there after a while um so when the uh, legends arrive at the manor, uh, she traps them, or she traps them into uh, like household objects, like mm -hmm. uh, candles, candlestick, and which is sort of a callback to Beauty and the Beast, Lumiere. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why I, when it, yeah, that's why I was thinking the the whole time during the candlestick. And then we had the cheese of steel, yep. more or less, yep, or Pac Man. Yep, he did look like Pac Man. Yeah, and, and then Ava was a book. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Spooner was a fork, yeah. which kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then Bayrod was, was Bayrod the candlestick? Yeah, I think Cause so. Because Zara was the phone, was right. the cell phone. Yeah, she was the yeah, flip phone. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, she uses another spell, and then all of a sudden everybody's a cartoon. Yes. And that's where it gets crazy. Like, right. What, what, what's going on here? Well, <laughs> um. So in order to break the spell, uh, there Ava or Ava, um, Astra finds a spell created by her mother to remove all magic, and but it comes at a cost because when she does it, everybody gets back to normal. But now Constantine is stripped of his powers. Right. So he is now human. Yes. And 
and that makes Alistair, who we did end up betrayed her, like everybody, like you knew he was going mm-hmm. to, and now he's back into the painting, and John's back into his own body. So now um, that's all back to normal. But meanwhile, um, uh, Sarah meets her kidnapper, Bishop, who has one who created all the Ava clones. And he has on a mission to uh, all the human was all humans um, were doomed. So he's trying to restart them using alien DNA. So he's sending uh, Gary and uh, what's the other one's name? Um, Kayla. Kayla around collecting DNA samples to perfect uh, humans, I guess. Yeah. So that's the whole point behind this is all these aliens is he's the leader and he's collecting all the DNA to restart humanity and make them into perfect creatures. And she and Sarah was captured because he wanted her to teach all the new uh, creatures he's making strength. And she, you know, of course this angers her Mm -hmm. and she kills him and she gets knocked out and she wakes up and he's there he is again back in his lair. Yeah. Like nothing ever happened. Right. So, yeah. Which pretty much leads into our next episode, which first we've seen, this is the first time that we've seen Rory and Kayla yeah. since what? Two the weeks previous ago? episode. Cause they weren't in the Satanist apprentice. Episode. Right. So the episode before that, right? Yeah. So mainly this episode is titled the Bishop's Gambit. Well, the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> yeah, but there's no arrow references no. at all. So, well, except for Sarah, technically, since well, she, was yeah, she was in Arrow. all season two, but just not the first episode. Right. She, it was not. It was a different girl. But yeah. Anyway. But this episode, mainly for one, Sarah is trying to figure out a way to escape, and while that's going on, the rest of the legends are. Well, they get Gideon hooked up to a television and find out that in the 50s, there's a girl in an asylum going, or an alien in an asylum going by the name of Sarah Lance. So they... It was was told to arrive in in a spaceship. Right. So they arrive in 1950 which at first we didn't exactly figure out how they yeah, time jumped. Because they but, don't have the wave rider. Right. So I figured now we're thinking that they use those little uh, devices that you can jump through time in. Right. So that will explain how they travel through time. And the alien or whatnot that they find is Amelia Earhart. Yes, the one we saw on a couple episodes ago on one yes. planet where uh, Sarah was. And... Mainly, she's still reciting the same lines that she did to Sarah. So just not so, more or less. And while that's going on, Rory and Kayla are working on... They land on the planet that Sarah's on. And they mainly need to get a fuel cell to fix the spaceship. Yeah. So they're doing that. The Legends are doing their thing. They eventually find the Wave Rider. The... The yeah, because on this on that planet where Amelia Earhart was, she stole the Wave Rider and took off. Mm-hmm. And when she she crash landed on Earth in the fifties, and that's why the legends are back to the fifties to find this 
ship that she, the wave rider that she stole and landed in the 50s. But thing is, was there ever a wave rider on the planet? The wave rider, yeah, because when Mick and Kayla arrived on the planet, they arrived in the wave rider. And it's the same planet. Okay, so she stole the wave rider as soon as Mick as and soon Kayla as landed. Okay. And she she got and cuz she was on that planet too. So she right. she took it and when you saw it flying off. Kale's like, hey, I was gonna steal that, mm-hmm. and so she stole it, and then time jumped and lands in the fifties. Right. Okay. So that's when they stumble upon this. The wave rider was cloaked. Hmm. Which, if that Amelia Hart was pretty much crazy, how did she even know how to operate it? I don't know. Well, if she was the real Amelia Earhart, she knew how to fly. Well, true. But a lot different technology than the right. plane that she was in. <laughs> yeah. So mainly. They're still trying to figure out what's going on with this Amelia Earhart or Sarah or whatever well, name she's yeah. going going by. And they decide that they need to pretty much infiltrate her mind and figure out what's going on. Mm. And while that's going on, Sarah is trying to trick Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Mainly, so try to remember just about all this from memory here. They eventually find out that, of course, the Amelia Heart is an alien. Yep. Especially because Astra does the mind infiltrating thing. And they're seeing Amelia's memories, but the question is, if she's an alien, why would she have Amelia's memories? And they soon find out that she was experimented on. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much realize that the alien and Amelia are battling on the inside, and the alien ends up winning. Yeah. Then they also find out that Spooner can speak alien. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they, um, they want to find out what happened to Sarah, and then the alien says, I killed her. Right. So then they sort of, I think they killed it. Yeah, they pretty much killed the alien. Yeah. After Spooner spoke with it some yeah. more. So now that now they think Sarah's dead because the alien said so. Obviously, we know it's not true. But except for the fact that we pretty much when we go, when it goes back to Sarah and Bishop, she's pretty much beating up Bishop. Yeah. Just <laughs> and dragging him around. And then they go to this room, which is where the Bishop clone because yeah, he keeps cloning himself that's how he was able to reappear at the end of the last episode right just like ava he's he knows how to clone perfection yeah and sarah and this is actually i think the first time we've ever actually heard her talk about the scars on her body from all the time with um i don't remember the guy's name from season two of arrow uh, that's too far away yeah uh the the what's his um Ra's al Ghul. Right. No, before that. Oh, before that? The whole Mirakuru oh, incident. Yeah. yeah, that thing. But, yeah, we've got pretty much the scars from that, and then after that, also the scars from Nanda Parbat. Mm-hmm. And she mentions that those scars are memories, whereas Bishop's scars are... I don't remember what she said on that one. But then Bishop says, I don't see any scars on you. Yeah. And then we see a table with a body covered up. Come to find out, it's the real Sarah. Dead. 
So the current Sarah is a clone, yep. which just a little bit of a peek to what will be coming up next week is they actually go back to the season finale of last season. Now, we probably won't have the thong song again, <laughs> but it's pretty much that they're basically going to try to keep Sarah from getting abducted. Yeah. But yeah, so they, yeah, if they can't get her back in the current timeline, let's go back in time and prevent it from happening, which we've seen throughout the different shows that never works. Right. And not only that, but I mean, we learned from Flash that causing Flashpoint wasn't a good idea. Yeah. So doing this, they're pretty much doing what they told Barry not to do. Right. So. Now we'll have to see from next well next week to see what happens to the legends. Yep. To that one now. The previous episode titled Armed and Dangerous is picking up right after the one before it left off, where Luke is being rushed to the hospital after being shot. Mm. And um, now they know they have a cure, they have the Desert Rose. Right. So they just got to get it to him. Well, while he's sort of dying, Luke sees his father and also sees Bruce Wayne, telling him he must decide want to live or die so pretty much you talk to your father you've chosen to die if you walk away you're choosing to live now my only question is since we see sort of a spirit guide type uh bruce wayne does that mean bruce is dead or is he alive i'm gonna say he's alive it's just a vision okay of, i guess so um so he's while he's deciding this they have to try to get the desert rose into him, but there are two guards preventing Mary from doing that. So she comes up with a plan. She's going to distract the guards while Wolf Spider sneaks in and injects him with the cure. But while he's still contemplating, he actually has decided he wants to die and he wants to talk to his father. But the decision had been made for him since the desert road had been injected and he was pulled back to life. Mm -hmm. And uh, meanwhile, uh, the sh the guy who shot him doctored the footage to make it look like he actually pulled a gun, so his shooting was justified. Right. So now they everybody believes it, but of course Batwoman and Mary know it's not true. So they're trying to, you know, talk to him and get him to admit what really happened. And when um, they go to Jacob about this. He, they finally convince him that what happened on the footage was doctored and that he, that there was no gun at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jacob suspends the guy with Taroff, suspends him from the crows, but then he's gets knocked out by Taroff. Right, and they tie him up and they plan to kill and him and some other uh, crow agents plans to kill Jacob with Snakebite until Batwoman jumps in and saves him. At that point, Jacob realizes that 
the crows are too far gone to be saved and decides to disband everything. Right. Just disband the crows altogether. And he goes public telling the truth about what happened of how Luke was murdered or was attempted murder. Attempted murder. By uh, Taroff, Taroff. And that the crows have been going bad for some time and there's really nothing he could have done. So he decides just to disband them and, and that's at the end of them. Yeah. And, um, and meanwhile, at the end, you see um, Alice and Ocean getting rid of Enigma. Enigma? Enig- yeah, I can't say Enigma there. Enigma's body at the end, after they, of course, killed her in the previous episode, before she was able to give the, the code word to sort of break um, Kate out of their mind spell. Right. So that's, that's all of that one. Yeah. Which leads into our next episode titled Rebirth. Yep. Which this episode featured John Diggle. Yes, good old John Diggle back from since I hadn't seen him since the end of Arrow. Yeah. He's been directing some episodes, but this is the first time we've seen him on camera. Right. Since then. Yeah, and he did, of course, mention Star City, yep. but he didn't mention anything about being in. Didn't he leave for Metropolis or National City? He, yeah, something to do with Argus, wherever they sent him. Right. So, but mainly, this pretty much comes up right where the past episode left off. We mainly have the fact that, well, Tatiana, who was Enigma's, or Sophia's right hand, is pretty much killing people. That woman is trying to save those people. And in the process, she goes to see Luke. And as we pretty much found out from the past episode, Luke didn't want to be saved. Yeah, he was actually not happy about being alive. Right, which... Why? Yeah, you never <laughs> hear that. Like, oh, thank you for saving my life. Nope, no thank you here. Yeah, which that would completely ruin the fact of one thing that's either coming up near the end of this season, which is two episodes left. Yeah. Or next season... Where Luke will will be getting a bat suit and going by the name of Batwing. Yeah. Which I honest actually earlier in the podcast, I think roughly within our first season, I had mentioned this when we started covering Batwoman, because in the Batman animated movie Bad Blood, where we pretty much Kate Kane Batwoman's first appearance in a Batman film. Luke also gets his own bat suit and goes by the name of Batwing. So that's pretty much where that comes in. But the big focus on this episode, like we saw in the last episode, Alice appeared to Jacob Kane and mentioned that Kate's alive. Yep. So that's their main goal is finding Kate and getting her to remember who she is. Yeah. Which she uncannily looks like a lot like Ruby yeah, Rose, yeah. even though it's not the same. They made this actress to cut her hair and everything to make her kind of look like her. Right. I mean, for any viewers who are watching Batwoman for the few, for the first time, you wouldn't even know that it's not the same person. Yeah. Now we of course know because we did our research on IMDb, yeah. but still, it's just crazy that how much like Ruby Lo how much like Ruby Rose she looks. Yeah. That sentence didn't come out yeah. much like I thought it was yeah. going to. <laughs> we got the gist. Yeah. So mainly Alice and Jacob are trying to 
do just about anything to get CRC slash Kate to remember who she is. Yeah. And some uh, Black Mask's henchmen show up. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. They get. Jacob get Jacob King gets beat up a lot does, in this yeah. show. I know, I don't know how he's still able to walk. Right, he gets beat up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's arrested as well. Yeah, well, can't catch a break. Right, but yeah. So mainly, just from that, he gets beat up a lot. Yeah. So they're doing everything they can, and some of Kate's memories are starting to slowly come back. Yeah, and. Batwoman comes to her at one point and says, are you Kate Kane? She's like, can I get back to you yeah. on that? I mean, when, like, as, as soon as she saw Sophie, she remembered who she was. Yeah, but she didn't remember, she didn't remember Mary right. or... Has Luke seen her yet? I don't know. I think he was in the middle of his poker game yeah. with Targaroff when... Yeah. Speaking of which, that's where I think we've probably seen the last of Targaroff. <laughs> yeah, him and... They were at the poker with them. That's where Diggle shows up. They're playing poker, and then they get to a, a back alley fight. You know, the usual back alley fight in Batwoman. And Diggle just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> which I think this may actually be sort of pre to him getting his Green Lantern powers. Yeah, the last thing we saw was him getting that, finding that power. Right. And then there was no mention of that. being the Green Lantern at all this episode. But when they had the like little headache part... Just the like in there, what did he say that was exactly? Because uh, I didn't catch it when when he was talking with Luke and he just had this point looking like he was having a migraine. Oh, I don't know, yeah, because I'm thinking that may be something to do with him possibly manifesting the Green Lantern powers, yeah, maybe that's why. He's going to be appearing in all the episodes. Maybe he'll slowly turn into the Green Lantern as over each appearance. Yeah, because like I said, for whatever, whenever his appearance comes up in Legends, it's a mystery role. So right. we don't know if. So it could be him full going into Green Lantern. Right. Isn't the Green Lantern series supposed to be coming to HBO Max at some point? So yeah, this is probably the backstory. Each little episode he appears in. Which, speaking of Green Lantern, we did get the drop of the Stargirl mm -hmm. trailer for season two, and a mention of Green Lantern's daughter yeah. is in that trailer. Okay. Yeah, I kind of was at that part of the trailer when I sent it to you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting to think about in terms of what could that mean exactly. Right. But besides all that, we, well, yeah, Luke wins his poker game. Targaroff kind of gets miffed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and King gets beat up by Diggle. Yeah. So, but then there's also the flash in the back of the bat signal that's pretty much saying, Luke, they need your help. Right. And he's kind of confused why he's asked, why they're asking him to help rescue Alice. Yeah. Of all people. Right. But, yeah, and then Ryan gave up her Desert Rose to save Alice. And then we're pretty much get to the final scene of this episode where, well, first of all, we find out that Ocean is now dead. Yep. Killed by Tatiana. Yep. And that Enigma slash Sophia is alive. Right. Again. 
And I still remember her line. Well, Sophia. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember her line in this episode. You owe me an island. Yes. <laughs> yes, that kind of blew it up. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ocean's dead. And now it's just the fact that seriously slash Kate, I must just want to say Kirstie at this point. <laughs> Because she's practically two different people yeah. until they finally she, give her the... She got split personality disorder now. Until the true rebirth, which yeah. next week's episode is titled Kane Kate. Kane Kate? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, she goes back to Black Mask. Well, before that is when Jacob Kane gets arrested because apparently the GCPD is practically under Black Mask's thumb, more right. or less. So, yeah, so he... When he tries to say I go to the police on him, he's like, oh, the police work for me. So, yeah, good and luck the, with that. You're going to be arrested now. And then the fact that anything that he says against Black Mask, Black Mask will practically reveal yeah. that Alice is Beth. Well, then the news comes on that the that question is, you know, Alice, Beth. And then he goes on and tells about how she used to be before that, how mm-hmm. she was brainwashed into being who she is. So... When you see Alice, think about Beth. Right. Yeah. So now what the plan is to try to get both uh, Alice and Cersei back to being Beth and Kate. Right. So, yeah, like I said, well, Kiersey pretty much goes back to Black Mask. And the one thing she asks, am I Kate Kane? Yep. And Sophia comes in and pretty much says, tell her or... Bad things will happen, yeah. more or less. Yeah. And I think that's everything for Batwoman? I believe so. so All right. On the flash. Yep. I'd like to take a short break from the podcast to pretty much give you guys a chance to help us. Now, with a small or large monthly donation every month, you can help us to keep on bringing this podcast to you every week. Now, yes, we pretty much have completely working equipment now for the most part yeah microphones computer phones whatever we use to record and by helping us we can keep on bringing this podcast to you so like i said with a small or large monthly donation you can help us and we can even make this podcast not just about us but about you as well so the link to the support is in the description of the podcast. Favorite song. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that we eventually get to that song a bit, but it took six years, yeah. but so this episode, Goodbye Vibrate Vibrations, of course, the uh Cisco's uh farewell episode. Yeah. So because him and Camilla are moved to Star City and they they gather the team together to tell them what they're doing. So And considering the meta for this episode, Barry and Cisco were very happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> the 
and yeah, they were very happy about it. So they and uh, Cisco being is kind of shocked. They're like, oh, I thought <laughs> thinking I thought they would be more sad than mm-hmm. relieved, and said they're they're happy. Again, so it kind of like thumbs them out a little, right? Um, so meanwhile, a new metahuman comes in named Carrie Bates, who they call Rainbow Raider 2.0, right? Uh, tricks a bank teller into giving her money by placing him into like a euphoric state. Mm-hmm. So she just walks out with like a million dollars. Yeah, and this was honestly a very, especially for Cisco's good goodbye episode. It was a very bittersweet yeah. episode. Yeah, when um, and then when the team comes in to stop her, she places Cisco under her little spell, mm-hmm. and and Barry also gets it too. Well, they they try to stop her with a device they use for the first Rainbow Raider, which doesn't work. Right. She destroys it, and then she puts them under her spell and takes off. Well, um, Chester is able to get them back to normal, and now they find out her true plan. She gets a blimp, and she's going to drop money out of the blimp to give it to people. She's like a Robin Hood, you know, mm-hmm. steal from the rich, give to the poor. Right. Kind of um, so of course, because you can't do, they can't steal from a bank and give it to people. So, right. So when the team goes up into the blimp, they of course do what they've done all season, talk them down. Yeah. They talk to her and convince her not to do it. And that she, they'll actually put her at a job on the mayor's uh, development committee, economic development committee, to help the community that way properly, not mm-hmm. you know steal and give money out from a blimp. Right. So she agrees to this, and she the at the course of the, the money goes back, and then so now she's going to do things the right way. Um, so Francisco pa- practically saves the city by steering the blimp out of harm's way because yeah, <laughs> it's about to come crashing down onto the stadium. He's able to. They were able to get manual control back and mm-hmm. fly it off and uh, safely land it. So then after that, Cisco gives all of his tech to Chester, who's now going to be the new tech guy for the team. Right. And then they, then the song Poker Face comes in while they all have a <laughs> karaoke night yes. as their final night together, singing Barry's favorite song. <laughs> Which I remember his line from that saying... This is not my favorite song. I don't know who put that on my Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. But funniest part of this episode, I would have to say, when Cisco was in his euphoric state and used the Tech and Barry suit to have the spinning, sparkling cats yeah. going around. Well, yeah, right in front of his face where he couldn't see. Right. He ran into a truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually he got whammied by Rainbow Raider 2.0. Yep. Which, with the way her powers worked compared to the first Rainbow Raider... I actually have a little bit of a better name for her. What? Prisma. Yeah. Yeah, that's because it ran it had all the different wavelengths other than that's how the first one was just had the one. Yeah, because so able to use the device to stop him. Well, this one, that's why it didn't work because it was all different wavelengths. Yeah, because the first Rainbow Raider, it was actually also the first Flash and Arrow crossover. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, good times. Yes. And, and of course, and at the end of the episode, um, Cecile is hears these voices in her head, and she looks in the mirror and sees a masked reflection of herself. Says, "I will find you." So I have no idea what that's about. Yeah, neither do I, because the mask itself it looks like an well, I mean technically look like an Iron Man. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes, is, it, is she Iron Man? Like no universes, but from. What we're seeing in terms of the preview for this upcoming episode, they're all trapped in some sort of alternate 
Yeah. Dimension of so Sharks? That, that, so yes, this, the episode coming up, but we'll have to explain what's going on here. Yeah, because, yeah, that mask looked like Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have one prescription that we can have ready for you. Okay. Next <laughs> yeah, ignore that. Yes. Yeah, the phone is kind of in the same room as yeah. where we record, so that's kind of... <laughs> A bit of a. This is so maybe a... then um, some little news came out court about the Flash about Cobalt Blue. Yes, apparently, and this could happen next season. It could happen later on, but the guy who played Eddie Thon all the way back in season one is going to be returning to the show Ooh. in some way, shape, or form as Eddie Thon, nice. which. I want to say it may actually not may not necessarily be Eddie, but as a character from the comics named, I believe it's Morgan Thon, because now the last time we saw Eddie, aside from well, aside from mainly um, flashbacks and time travel and Speed Force, we saw him practically kill himself to stop Eobard, which that didn't obviously work, right? Because Eobard did. Was still around. Yes, which, yeah. But mainly from what news has come out, he actually posted a video on Instagram saying that he will be returning to the show yeah. at some point. Now, what people have been speculating and what it most likely will be is as Cobalt Blue. Which, as the lore goes, and I know I'm talking as if it's supernatural, but which coming back from the dead kind of is supernatural since he did float into the singularity, went back at the end of all of that. Right. But <clears throat> the lore in the comics is mainly that Cobalt Blue is actually Morganthon, who is Barry's twin brother, which mainly because of birth complications from another family, he would his brother was giving given to the Thon family and given the name Morgan Thon, which and then so and so happens, yada yada yada, eventually he becomes Cobalt Blue. Which I believe is actually another speedster. Okay. So first time we've technically had a speed bomb speedster main villain if he becomes a main villain since savitar more or less but was that everything we had for flash i believe so so on to superman and lois so this episode was titled loyal subjects and it's more along the lines of the whole morgan edge mainly gaining candidates to take on Kryptonian powers, yes. more or less. And from this, it basically they've had a few candidates who the powers are suppress are manifesting nicely. Others, not so much. No. So it comes down to when all during all this, we find out that Clark has actually been infected by Kryptonite. And Jordan has as well. Yep. So they go to the fortress to try to figure out some way to get rid of the kryptonite that's inside their bodies. Pretty much against the advice of General Lane. Because they're trying to figure out some way. But of course, time is not a luxury they have at the moment. Right. So 
Clark and Jordan go to the extent of going to the fortress and exerting the kryptonite that way. Yeah. Which, of course, Jordan misses uh, what's-her-name's performance. I can't remember her name. Was it Sarah, maybe? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, Sarah. Her, yep. Especially after her audition being with him playing the piano. Right, right. But... So she's kind of angry at him right now. But besides that, two people who were given the Kryptonian powers, her dad and also the mother of one of the other kids, go to the Kent farm. Yep. Practically trying to kill Lois. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, Superman eventually comes back and stops all that, at least. And other than that, a big reveal happened, which pretty much blew my previous two theories completely <laughs> out of the water. Yeah. The fact that now just what, well, Morgan Edge pretty much summons Superman. Whoa. And the first few things he says makes me think that he's actual General Zod. Yeah. Because <laughs> mentions being Kal-El's brother. Yep. And which was Zod his uncle in Mastiel, or was it? I think it was his uncle. Yeah, because they were actually banished to the Fam Zone, if I remember, all the yeah. way back in Mastiel. But yeah, I'm thinking that it might actually be General Zod, mm -hmm. just because of the fact that he also mentions that he got his powers the same time Clark did. Right. And it's just. He's practically been a Kryptonian this whole time. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like I said, it pretty much blew my first two theories completely out of the water. Yeah. So now we pretty much have that huge reveal. Right. And it seems like he's practically stronger mm -hmm. than. So we were also completely wrong on who the main villain was of the season. Yeah. Because we thought at first that it was Mr. John Henry Irons. Right. Then he's just kind of rode off into the sunset. Right. <laughs> Now it's uh, Morgan Edge, which we knew he would be kind of like a, we thought it'd be like a side villain. Mm -hmm. Didn't know he would be, you know, from Krypton. Right. So, yeah, this was a reveal a reveal that I would say no one right. saw coming. Right. But, of course, we'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out. Yeah, more about that. Yeah. So is that everything for Superman and Lois? Yeah, I believe so. On to Loki. Yes, the first episode. Premiere of Loki. Yes. Yes, I've been waiting on this one for a while. Yes, well, we both have, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, when uh, it starts out, which if we remember from... Endgame. Endgame. Loki gets a hold of the Tesseract when the Avengers go back in time to take it out of the timeline to, you know, do what they did with Thanos. Right. And he blips away. And we never see what happens to him after that point. Because if you remember in the original timeline in 2012, that never happened. Mm -hmm. He they was arrested and he was taken back to uh, Asgard. Asgard. So when they went back in time to take the the, the the power stone, he takes it and blips out. Then they have to go back to another point in time 
to get the stone. Right. So we never know. We'll find out what happens to Loki until and, now. Right. He once mm-hmm. he takes the tesseract and blips out of there. He lands in like Mongolia or somewhere. Um, I believe he lands in the Gobi Desert. Yeah. And is arrested by the Time Variance Authority, who remind us all of the the Time, time Bureau. Yes. Um. But the Time Bureau didn't go to the extent of resetting characters. Yeah. They just kind of try to fix the timeline. Right. So, but yeah, they, they arrest him and take him to their headquarters as a time variant because, of course, him blipping out of there was not supposed to happen. It screws up the timeline and their job is to fix it. Right. He, yeah, they have that's because they explain how at the beginning of time there were all these time timelines and the, what they call them, the. Um. I'm blanking out. The time go. I don't know what they called them. There was three of them. Uh, the time something. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> what they call. We'll just call them the time gods for now. Yeah, this is a staple of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they, 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 they are responsible for creating this one continuous timeline that the time, the variance authority is sworn to protect. Yeah. So when Loki, of course, does that, he creates his own timeline. Now they have to stop that. Which, one funny thing, when he's in the TVA headquarters and going through all the um, bells and whistles to get where he was supposed to go, the point when he when he's got the guy that's saying, sign all these forms confirming that this is everything that you've ever said. Mm-hmm. And then keeps on talking and more forms spit out. <laughs> but, yeah, so he eventually gets to the trial and... Before the trial starts, it switches to another time where there's, I think they're called Minutemen, mm-hmm. that are, of course, trying to track down time variants as well. And the agent here, who is played by Owen Wilson, kind of a bit of comic relief, really, because... Mm-hmm. He actually busts into the courtroom during Loki's trial and pretty much says he wants to take Loki under his wing. Now, our question on this is, you pretty much have a fugitive here who doesn't play by the rules, and you want to take him under your wing? Well, the agent kind of has another motive here. (laughs) So they go into this private room where... He pretty much brings out Loki's greatest hits. Yeah. So, of course, we see flashbacks from the Avengers fight, everything else, and even... What hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and did it show us in that, or was it the beginning where Hulk busts in about being mad about going down the stairs instead of the elevator? That was the beginning. Okay. When they the whole flipping out with the Tesseract. Okay. But... Yeah, so after even seeing images of what's to happen that this Loki hasn't experienced yet, of course, the death of his mother, well, adoptive mother. Yeah, and the death of him. Yeah, and the death of Odin. Death of Odin and the death of Loki at the hands of Thanos. Right, and Loki is now starting to realize that, yeah, he wants to set things right. Yeah. Well, the agent finally comes back in and mentions the fact of they're tracking down a time variant. 
And Loki says, so you want me, the god of mischief, to help with tracking down this variant? Well, our agent pretty much mentions that the variant is Loki. Is Loki. So he's got to fight himself. Right. So he's, I think this is the first time we've ever actually had a villain who's not only a protagonist, but also antagonist as well. And uh, we we mentioned earlier when he tries to escape, he gets a hold of the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. It will do. But when they come to find out, the Infinity Stones don't work and. Yeah, which also, um, try to think here. Yeah, I'm just wondering who this other Loki is, honestly, because we know that the Loki of the original timeline is dead, right? Or maybe, maybe not. Honestly, well, it is. He does fake his death, like even the uh, in Supernatural when he's when uh, Gabriel Gabriel is. To be Loki, he's faked his death too. Right. Because he's a trickster. That's what they do. Yeah. And it's just the fact that, yeah, it just brings up many questions, even though the series just started. Right. Well, there's what, six episodes? I believe so. So, yeah. So, yeah, for the most part, it's mainly just the fact that this series, I think this is probably going to be one of the best Marvel mm-hmm. has done so far. Yeah. Which, one thing that also, this is even a first for Marvel, but a main character mainly being a gender-fluent yeah. character. Which, for anyone who doesn't know exactly what gender-fluent means, it's sort of like gender-neutral, but with the fact that Loki's a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. he can pretty much become... Any person he wants. Right, so... Yeah, I mean, we could see him come up as bad example, bad example, but Hillary Clinton, <laughs> or even so, even now that this point with one person that is dead, but Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with being a gender fluent character, he can become anyone, no matter what gender. Right. So, which I wonder how that works for people who've had sex changes. I don't know. <laughs> But, yeah, that's everything for this week. So, as we always say, keep your eyes peeled, ears open, and stay heroic. Bye. Bye.